Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. Welcome. This is the Legacy Leaders Podcast with your host, Stan Miller. Our guest today is Aaron Ledzeiser. Aaron actually is a young guy, but he's got quite an incredible background. Actually, really looking forward to this interview. Aaron is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Opie. It's a venture-backed insurance and risk management technology platform that serves 17 million real estate investors in the U.S. Obi's digital quoting platform and instant rate options make it the easiest and most transparent way in the market today for investors to obtain insurance coverage. But before founding Obi, Aaron actually started and grew several successful companies that he's seen to an exit. In addition to his work at Obi, he's an active real estate investor and a venture partner at the San Francisco-based venture capital group Pioneer Fund. Aaron graduated from Michigan State University and was named to the Forbes 30 Under 30 list. So, Aaron, that's quite a quite something. So, uh, welcome. Glad to have you aboard here today. Thanks, Sam. Good to be with you today. So, a lot to talk about. You know, what I'd like to do, first off, is, is get the backstory about how it is that you, how you got to the point where you founded uh, Obi. Yeah, it's an interesting story. So, you know, I can remember actually the moment I was sitting, actually standing, freezing my butt off at the uh, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City a couple of Thanksgivings ago, probably probably several years ago at this point, uh, with my brother Ryan. So that's that's who I co-founded the company with. His background was real estate, private equity. Mine was growing several other other companies. And he just started complaining about how, you know, insurance is one of his largest line item expenses, but the one that he always felt like he had the least amount of control and insight into. And it was something that was just really eating away at him at the time. And, and you know, we're standing there. And ultimately, that that was the day I think we uh, we kind of put the pen down onto a napkin, right? And, and threw the idea there. So that's that's really where OB originally got its, got its start from, is, is recognizing that there was a problem in this space. A lot of small to, to medium-sized real estate investors in the U.S., but generally felt like they weren't well-served by the, the overall market access. They were too small to go to the, you know, really large... Hub International, Willis, Aeons of the world because the premium is not, not big enough. And so then they were left with going to their local mom and pop insurance agency or their local state farm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Those folks are great. But those carriers see the, the landlord product as an add-on. They want to get you into that personalized home and auto product. And then they want to sell you into the RV or the boat or the extra property or the vacation home. And so we felt like just as the market was moving towards you know alternative investment opportunities outside of the public equities market, Insurance is one of those things that just continue to lag behind. So then who are you thinking about? I mean, who is the, you know, what's the ideal sweet spot for for you, for, for OB? Yeah, we, we started off and, and we continue to focus on folks that own properties that have one to four units. So your typical kind of single family rental, that first time, you know, accidental landlord has a condo unit that they, they went out and bought a, their first starter home, but didn't want to actually sell the condo, turn it into a rental. All the way up to you know your duplex, your quadplex. We originally started by serving the the local mom and pops, right? They have two to three kind of individual assets, and have slowly grown now. So Obi, really, the technology is is built in a way that I can serve that accidental landlord with their condo unit, all the way up to, to some of the now institutional players that might have a thousand, two thousand, five thousand under management. 
So is there a ge- geographical footprint for your customer base or do you operate around or the entire United States or even beyond? Yeah, we're, we're available in the entire U.S. So the, the entire U.S. plus D.C., Hawaii, Alaska, uh, we, we cover rental properties across the country. We can do it instantly. As long as they fit in that kind of one to four unit type box, we have a pretty good hit rate with be able to, being able to, to provide folks with a pretty pretty instant policy at that point. What about U.S. territories like Rico uh, Virgin Islands? No, no, not yet. I would love to not go yet. do some some property inspections there if if that's what we need to do. But no, we have not uh, we've not expanded out to there just yet. Well, you know, uh, you're in Chicago, right? And so uh, you ought to wait till wait till winter to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we want to uh, we want to start checking out our 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 insurance customers in the southeast and southwest, primarily those November to March months. Yep, exactly. I know that. One of the distinctions that that you're bringing with this company, with Obi, that you're bringing is that uh, you have a technology platform that's pretty innovative. Talk about that. Yeah. So what what we found is that the the way that the insurance market is typically set up is that you know I, I speak even as a real estate investor, I would go to my insurance agent, they would fill out all the information, we'd go back and forth via email or phone, whatever it might be, fill out a spreadsheet, fill out a PDF, and then they'd send that out to the carriers. And then those carriers would actually have somebody physically sitting there looking at that information and underwriting the deal. Then they'd go back to the agent and provide a quote. That quote's always a PDF. And then that quote would go out to the, the customer. And typically, you know, if you're looking at this for your home or your auto, you know, you have a different feeling about that than you do at actual business expense. And so the frustration that we always had was that maybe we want to look at some different deductible options. Maybe we want to look at some different limits. Maybe we want to play with some of these different coverages. And the way that the market's set up today is that you know, in order to do that, you got to go back to the agent. The agent's got to go back to the carrier and request all these different changes. Well, of course, that person at the carrier doesn't want to sit there and do 50 different versions of this of this quote for you. But as a business owner running a PL, I want to have that that level of control. I want to be in the driver's seat and make that decision. And so that's really what we set out to be able to fix. So you can sit there on your couch on a Saturday morning, as we tell people, and, and get insurance for your rental property without having to talk to anybody. You get to be the master of your own destiny. And that's what Ryan and I sat out to, to talk about. That first day at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, we talked about how insurance felt like it was a black hole. And as a business owner, I wanted to be able to control those expenses. And so maybe in tougher years, or maybe I had to make some concessions on rent in order to bring somebody in, I need to actually like limit some of those expenses. So maybe this year I want a $5,000 deductible, right? Maybe I want a $7,500 deductible because the savings I think you know is is worth it for me. And I'm willing to take that risk. But the problem is, is that the way the market is set up currently is that, you know, what you kind of get from your agent, again, nothing against them. They're, they're, at the, they're at the whims of these carriers. That's kind of all you get, right? And to go back and ask for all these different options isn't something that, that's typically, you know, typically a welcomed interaction between anybody in that value chain. And so that's what we wanted to be able to do. You can instantly rate, quote, and bind the policies directly on Obi's platform. We wanted to put you in the driver's seat to be able to make that decision. And if you have questions, you can actually call somebody and you can talk to them. You can have that conversation about making some of those important decisions. But at the end of the day, I wanted to be the one to, to, make, that, to make that choice. And the challenge with everybody in insurance is that you know people feel like it's really opaque. They feel like claims don't get paid out. But we always really felt like as a real estate investor, I wanted to be able to make the decision for myself. And so that way, in the event I had a claim or in the event that something came up, I made the decision to have that coverage or not have that coverage. I made the decision to have a higher deductible or a lower deductible. We really wanted to build that transparency into this space. The coverage that you would provide on your platform, does that come from one single carrier or are you shopping multiple carriers? 
Yeah. So in, at this point, Ovi has several different programs that we run internally. And so these are different programs depending on, on the type of property, depending on the, the total replacement costs of that property or some of the exposures. We have different programs that we've built internally that we're now able to provide a competitive rates across the market. Who are the underwriters? Uh, the, the insurance companies. Yeah. So Obi Obi's the one that, that that does a lot of the underwriting. We have some some other programs that we don't actually have the underwriting authority on, but they're all A minus and 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 better insurance carriers that that we work with in the space. And that provides a lot of flexibility and a lot of optionality then for our for our customers to then make those decisions in terms of the types of coverages that they want to have. Okay. So I'm trying to understand are, are you guys like an agent for other insurance companies or are you the insurance company? Yeah, so there's a uh, there's a middle ground in between. There's something called a managing general agent or a program administrator. And so your agents are typically going out to the travelers of the world or the nationwides or the all states. And then they're also the insurance companies, right? Those are the ones that are actually writing and, and backing that. The middle ground within there is really where OB sits. We went out to some of these different specific insurance carriers or these reinsurance carriers. And we said, hey, listen, we, we think the market's kind of fallen down on this one segment. Right, they're kind of just looking at it like this homeowner's policy. They strip away a bunch of the the benefits of a homeowner's policy. You're really just covering the structure and, and some liability. We felt like that really wasn't the best way to actually serve the real estate investor market. We felt like there was a way to build this product, and so that's what we ended up doing. We went out to specific insurance carriers and we said, "We want to we want to build this product uh, with you, and we want to administer it on your behalf as that exclusive agent." Yeah, okay, that makes sense. It does make sense. So. I know you you founded several companies or co-founded several companies. In this one, you raised some money to do it, right? You uh, we did went out and initially, I guess, what you crowd crowdsourced this. So we we started uh, we started originally with a with a small friends and family round. You know, folks that folks that believed in that in that idea on a napkin. A couple of real estate investors that that we had we had worked with in the past. After that, we had raised a seed round. Subsequently, raised then a Series A and a Series B funding round. And so. At this point, I think uh, Obi's raised just shy of about forty million dollars to build out the uh, to build out the product, to build out the platform, build out the type of insurance company that they, you know that, that we want to be to be able to to really be able to support those customers and that customer base. So where are you going with this? Is this uh, are we going to see you standing uh, you know at the New York Stock Exchange going public one of these days? Maybe you know it's a uh, you know it's a it's an interesting world right now in the insurance space. I think. Again, I you know I I don't think that the real estate investor community has been served as well as they could have been over the last ten years. Insurance historically has been a you know century old type of concept, and so because of that, it takes a long time to make changes. And though even though the 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 real estate investor market has really heated up over the last ten years, insurance I think is lagged behind for this specific segment. So Obi continuing to be the you know the brand the provider for the real estate investor segment moving into potentially those other asset classes as well that we could get into. Because for Obi, the the concept is the same. It doesn't have to just be residential real estate investors. It can be a self-storage owner. It can be a small office or a small retail investor. The concept is is very similar, right? Their premiums still are not big enough to really attract those specialists at an Aon or at a Willis. And so again, you're, you're, you're dealing with some of these folks that are more at a personal line insurance agency and there's carriers just really aren't, are, you know, well positioned or well incentivized to be able to support those folks. So that's, that's really where Obi's going. And again, I think it's a, it's a really interesting time in the market. You know, a lot of your, a lot of your listeners, depending on, on if they're real estate investors themselves or they have clients that, that are in this segment, the, the overall property insurance market is, you know, is kind of starting to fall apart over the last year. You've had a lot of unpredictability around different weather events. You've had record in inflation. 
which is driving up the cost on replacement materials. So in the event that you're actually rebuilding the structure, the amount of money that it's actually going to take to be able to do that is increasing. And then so much of the reinsurance capacity also comes from Europe and comes from the UK. And so as those, you know, as those those currency exchanges devalue against the dollar, their overall capacity that they have to be able to provide insurance capacity in the US continues to dwindle. And so you have this perfect storm that's going on right now for a lot of these carriers that have just decided, hey, you know what, for right now we're we're pulling out of the market. Nationwide recently said they're not gonna uh, they're not actually gonna write any new business in the property space. Uh, for the foreseeable future, travelers and some other markets, the farm and all states just pulled out of California. Most folks are obviously out of the Florida market at this point. So it's a tough point. And so I think it's actually a really, really good and unique opportunity for for OB to come in as a as a newer player in the space to be able to start supporting the customers that are looking for coverage. Yes, Sarah, we're recording this interview in mid-August 2023. And the news just over the last few days has been on Maui. And I'm wondering what, what impact does does a an event like that have on the industry? Oh, it's catastrophic. You know, the, these are the 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 unpredictable weather events that have started to pop up. And so, again, even outside of the the, the currency uh, and the exchange issues, the inflation, most insurance carriers are able to model around you know hundred or thousand year storms and year weather events. And so, even though you know Florida's been tough, people you know people have have challenges around hurricanes or California wildfires. There has been an increasing frequency of these type of catastrophic and unplanned for events. So several years ago, where a lot of the carriers actually got hit pretty hard and are still trying to trying to claw their way out was that Texas winter storm that happened that, you know, that folks were not not aware of. You're down in Texas. I mean, obviously everything froze. Right. And so the number of insurance claims that nobody was able to actually prepare for. And before that, you had massive hurricanes down in Louisiana and Florida earlier that year. And then subsequently after that, you continue to have those hurricanes. And then now again, yes, you've got Maui. These are things that, you know, wildfires in this area that are precipitated by the winds from a hurricane. You have, you have compounding effects at this point, right, that are completely destroying some of these markets. And so I know a lot of folks that were, you know, fairly, fairly comfortable with the Hawaiian insurance market. It's not a big market. After all, there's not a lot that's there. But you know, given the density, given the area, given the opportunities for that fire to spread, it's it's going to be catastrophic. It's going to continue to put a significant amount of pressure on the the overall market. I'll give you an, an anecdote, and these are the these are the things that that Ryan and I talk about as as insurance being the iceberg model. Everybody sees that premium price, you know, right above the water. It's kind of that fifteen percent of the, the iceberg you actually see. The rest of it is everything below there: the capacity, the underwriting, these weather events. And I'll give you a you know a quick a quick example of that. We were talking to one of our reinsurance partners earlier in the week last week, and we had a follow up call with them on Friday. And between Monday and Friday, with the fires inside of Maui, their entire outlook on the market and their ability to provide capacity was then halted just because of that event, just because of how much exposure they think that they potentially have in the broader market has. And the consumer is the one that feels that. Then right, either they can't get coverage. Or the price that they're actually paying increases dramatically. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, we were just there back in December, and it's just still hard to imagine that uh, Lahaina's gone because you know we were seeing the and seeing the coverage of these these drone these drone videos. I think, wait, I had I had lunch at that restaurant, you know, and now it's, yes, yeah, me too. It's, it's not there. Yeah, you know. So well, so let's. I want to drill into insurance. So you you know, in the in the time you've been doing this, sounds like you've really become quite quite an expert on 
insurance. I guess you'd need to be an expert on insurance to start a company like this. But uh, you know, uh, a lot of our listeners are estate planning attorneys, financial advisors, real estate brokers, and agents. And I think it, this is an opportunity for them to learn some things from you about about just insurance or real estate. So what are some things, tell me some things that most real estate investors probably don't know about the insurance coverage they have on their property. Yeah, I, I would break it down into, into three things. The first is really finding an agent and finding a partner to do this with. I, I'd love for it to be Obi, but it doesn't have to be. But if you find that person, you want to make sure that they specialize in this space. It doesn't have to be the only thing that they do. But given the way the market is is currently performing, you want to have an agent that does enough business for real estate investors that they've garnered the the access to specific programs that are out there. So insurance, once you get outside of kind of the all states and the nationwides and progressives of the world, you start to have these very niche, very big, but very specific programs. And if you think about this from an operational standpoint, those carriers don't necessarily want to work with an agent that might only send them one deal a month or one deal every couple of months. They want to deal with somebody that they know that they're going to build a relationship with and that they get enough volume where that back and forth with that agent's actually working from, from an ROI perspective. And so if you find an agent that actually does enough business in this space, they're going to have access to those specific programs that are going to give you really good high quality coverage. They're going to be on a, a specific landlord type policy that's going to be pretty comprehensive to what it is that your listeners will do or their clients will, will be looking for. And the, they'll have pricing that I think is competitive to where the market is at. A lot of the larger carriers are reacting to events like Maui and events like the Texas storm or some other events that, that might happen. But some of these programs are built to create a lot of, of diversity within their, their risk pool. And so it's easier for them to be reactive to where the market's at and get really good at get additive pricing. Whereas some of these companies, because they're unsure of what's going on, might just jack up the rates for a little bit just to see how things start to play out. That's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, out of all the coverages that I think really exist, you want to be mindful of replacement cost. That's the amount of money that it takes to actually rebuild the property, remediate the property, knock down the existing structure. That's all inclusive. And so the problem is, is that most folks might look at that, they might set it at you know $100 a square foot maybe a couple of years ago. Heck, even some folks a couple of years ago were at $85 a square foot. Well, I can tell your listeners definitively today that there's not a, a single census track in the US where you will be able to build a basic structure given labor and material costs for less than $120 a square foot. And so the problem is, is that most folks just look at the renewal when it comes in year over year and they don't necessarily make those changes. And as an agent, you've got so much business kind of coming in. You've got so many things coming back and forth that you send that out to the client and then you ask them if it looks good, right? And then the client says, yep, it looks good, right? It looks like what I had before and I was okay with that. And so they, they end up buying that coverage. And so the challenge there is, you know, God forbid something happens, but I've seen it, you know, in the event of a total loss, you have a fire, burns the entire place down. You want to make sure that you have enough coverage to actually rebuild the entire structure. Because for most people, they've got a mortgage on that property. Depending on the condition of, of that property, the lender might just say, hey, listen, just cut me a check for my portion of it, right? And then as the owner, you're left with the land and maybe a couple of bucks, right, to help rebuild some of the other part of it. And that's the important thing that you want to make sure of. You want to make sure that you have enough coverage to be able to rebuild that entire structure without having to worry about, you know, do you have enough coverage? 
because that's what the lender also looks like. They look at it and say, hey, this is going to be close or hey, you know, you, you underjudged this in terms of what you need. We're just going to take our check, right? And that I've seen is, is tragic. And I would say the third thing, especially for real estate investors, is making sure that in this current market, you're doing what you can to mitigate potential claims. The worst thing that really can happen in this current market is having an excessive or frequent number of claims on these properties. And there's easy steps that folks can take. Some of the biggest things that actually happen inside of these, these rental properties are, are water damage from water backup, which is an important coverage to always add on, and then unintentional fire, right? Usually a kitchen fire of some type. And what we always recommend to folks is that, you know, there are, obviously you want to have a fire extinguisher in the kitchen. You want to make sure the tenant knows where it's at. But on top of that, there are easy things that you can do. There's these uh, almost hockey puck looking devices that are magnetic. They go under the uh, the, the vent above the uh, the stove. And in the event that a, high, uh, a fire starts, in the event that it gets hot enough, that hockey puck will actually just disperse the power, right? And it will extinguish the fire right then and there. And so, whereas without that, you might be replacing an entire kitchen, you might be replacing an entire house, which we've seen tragically, or you might just be replacing that stove, right? Maybe a cabinet or two that's next to it. Those are things that you can easily take care of for a you know twenty dollar puck that that will last you six you know five to six years. So those are the things that we always try and tell people, right? Make sure that you have enough coverage. Make sure that you're working with an expert that's in the space. Make sure that you're making the taking the proactive steps that you need to take in order to make sure that your insurance coverage stays competitively priced, so that way you're also staying in line with your overall projections on your P and L. Excellent. So let me ask you. So if I have a client who's a real estate investor. Let's say I'm an estate planning attorney, uh, a financial advisor, realtor, whatever. If, if that client's looking to me for advice and input, what are some things, what are some details I need to look at if I'm advising a client on, uh, you know, like looking at, at, at a policy, comparing and shopping, if you will, to, to figure out what's the, what's the best solution? Help, yeah, help, help, me, help me know what I need to know to advise a client. Yeah, I would say that the, the the first thing is 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 helping your helping your client find that expert, right? Who's that specialist in the space? Because they they're going to know that that you know those those two different kind of policy forms and can help you make that informed decision. But beyond that, you want to look at you know is it is it generally apples to apples, right? Well, we see a lot, especially if you're going agent to agent, and they and they don't know because they don't know what the other agent quoted. A lot of people just look at that price, right? They just look at the rock bottom price of what what was provided at the end of the page. They don't actually look at the limits. So the first thing is you want to make sure that those limits are, are apples to apples. Is the replacement cost the same? Is the deductible the same? Are some of the other coverages, maybe you added water backup, maybe you added flood if you're in a flood zone, right? Making sure that those are apples to apples comparisons is, is really the first step. And then I would say the third thing is also checking the, you know, the rating of the carrier, right? There's a, uh, there's a company out there similar to a Moody's or, or some of the others that exist out there called AM Best. AM Best is the one that, that rates all of the different insurance carriers they're out there and you want to find an A minus or better carrier, right? That that's going to give you the type of comfort and stability that, that you're really looking for in order to make sure that in the event the worst happens, in the event that, that carrier also is subject to a significant number of claims that come through the door, you want to make sure that they've got the balance sheet to be able to pay out on that claim. Yeah, that makes sense. So tell me what what would you say is the biggest risk investors don't insure? Yeah, I, I would say that the biggest thing that they don't they don't look at and they don't think about are some of those at is easy to add on coverages, right? So probably the, the the three that come to mind are loss of rent, 
right? So your business income. In the event that you have a claim, you want to make sure that that you have enough coverage there, and it's cheap. It's cheap to add it on. It's cheap to to increase it. It's cheap to you know bump it twenty percent above what you're actually currently getting. So you want to make sure that you have enough there because in the event that you've got a claim or a water issue or kitchen fire, and that current tenant has to move out, or you have to supply the housing for that tenant to make sure that they have a place to actually move to, while that 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 issue is mitigated, you want to make sure that you have enough money to be able to to help support that. And that's an area that I think a lot of folks just kind of throw a number in and then they move on from it. They think that it's going to be a big driver to the cost. Usually it's not, right? And then I would say that, you know, that the, the, the other two is uh, water backup, right? Water and sewer backup, backup into the house. We see that as as an additional add-on that a lot of folks just just neglect to, to throw it in there. Sometimes they don't know to ask. Sometimes the agent just, again, is is providing you what you asked for, which is usually, hey, here's a copy of my current policy, quote it out. And let me know, and that agent ends up saving you some money on it, and so you move forward with it. You don't actually look and see, hey, I'm that original policy. I didn't have some of these others. So water backup's a big one that we see. That's one of those things that easily can give you some peace of mind that in the event this happens, you've got some coverage there to be able to support you. And then the other one that comes up a lot that I think is a little more under the radar is called ordinance and law coverage. And so what this means, it's it you know it's fairly inexpensive usually to add on, but what this means is in the event that there's a loss on the property. And in order to fix that, in order to mitigate that loss, in order to make those repairs, you actually now have to bring something up to code where it wasn't prior. And so because of that, you might be running a new pipe. You might be pulling out old pipes. You might be changing the electrical, right? Like you might be taking mitigative steps that the the city or the county or the state now requires that they didn't maybe back in the 1980s or the 1970s, the 1960s, when you, you know, that when they when they didn't exist and your property was grandfathered in until the time in which you were actually pulling that permit. And so that's one of those hidden costs that people never really think about. And so if your property's, you know, act 15, 20, 25 years old or more, you want to add that on. Because I've seen instances where somebody has to to run a new galvanized pipe out from the house all the way underneath through the driveway and out to the main line down into the street. And it has to be of a certain dynamic, uh, diameter. It has to be of a certain type of material. And that cost that that owner originally thought was going to be $25,000, dollars $4,000 ended up costing him $25,000 based on the labor and the parts of the material. So those are those hidden costs that you don't actually know about that you want to make sure that you're always covered for as well. So there is coverage for that. I've never, honestly, I've never heard of that, of that coverage. Yeah, it's it's uh you know if you can find again a very specific type of of landlord product, you can usually find those coverages even for your listeners on their own homeowners policy. It's it's one of those things that isn't always added on there. It isn't always included. There are some carriers that just that include it in that price automatically for you. But it is one of those things you want to make sure of because even as a homeowner, this you know this happened to to my parents recently as they were they they had an issue actually the same thing that a water uh, water piping issue. And they needed to get new water into the house and out to the main. And new city regulations actually uh, required them to make a specific type of update that they weren't they weren't expecting. Now, wasn't as expensive as as one of our clients, but certainly it's one of those unexpected charges that you have to you know they have to do it right. You have to get water to the house, so you're going to be covering that expense. So again, you know whether you're a landlord or a homeowner, these are the types of 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 you know coverages that are available to you. That I think make a really material make a material difference. There's some smaller ones that exist out there. Whether it's you know your your siding matching right uh, endorsement, they they go out there and they make sure that the siding will match. And if it doesn't, they'll replace all the siding. Same thing with the roof, right? 
that same roofing material isn't made anymore. The roof's a little bit older. And so if they come out to repair the roof, they're going to repair it with newer materials. So it might not match, right? There's some cosmetic things like that that you can always add on. And that's, that's a nice to have. That's a personal decision. But making sure that your property is up to code, and we know that the city or the county is going to force you into that change, those are the types of things you want to think about. Those are the types of questions you want to ask your agent. So my last question before we run out of time here is, uh, you know, I'm, again, I'm looking at this from the perspective of the state planning attorney or advisor, realtor advising a client. So I tell clients that ask me, you know, how can I get an accurate estimate of the cost of insurance before I go get a quote? How do I do that? Yeah. So I, I would say, number one, you can come to Obi even before you're actually interested in uh, in purchasing the, the the property or you you go hard on cash, or you have an LOI that's been accepted, come to Obi, come in and put, put in the information, right? Uh, there's, there's nobody on the back end that's doing this. You can run the quotes if you want to. And that that was a big value added peace of mind. We wanted to be able to provide folks. Most, most insurance agents, most insurance companies, they're not going to go through that process for you, right? Because there's, you know, it, it takes man hours to be able to do that. The second thing is, you know, again, it, it really goes back to having that specialist, getting a good understanding of where that's mar- you know, where that market is at. If you, you know, ask me, hey, I've got a two bed, two bath place, about fifteen hundred square feet. It was built in the nineteen eighties and it's had some recent updates. Well, I can tell you and give you a general idea on what that looks like in the Ohio market, as well as what that looks like in the Florida market, right? If you're buying this as a short term rental in South Florida, it's going to look a lot different than, you know, a stabilized property that's in the suburbs of Columbus. And so, you know, as you start to get a little bit more of a, a sense on those those market dynamics, and as you work with somebody that knows and understands this specific space, they should be able to give you a pretty or fairly accurate estimate in terms of what that insurance is going to cost you as you start to to model out that that pro forma. I said that was my last question, but actually it, it isn't. I'm, uh, you know, something you said popped at me to think of another question I really would like to know the answer to. And that is, if, if I'm buying property primarily for the purpose of uh, putting it on like VRBO or Airbnb, how does that affect how, how does that affect pricing? Yeah, so definitely impacts pricing. You know, you can expect anywhere from probably a 10 to 15% increase in that pricing because you're, you're putting it onto a short-term rental platform. There's not a lot of insurance companies and carriers that exist out there that will even cover short-term rentals. It's actually forced the market to increase prices substantially. And the reason being, again, is something that I went, you know, that I talked about earlier on is that these are centuries old insurance companies and carriers and, and just the overall market. And so the, the conventional joke inside the, 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 the insurance industry is that it takes 10 years of policy history, 10 years of claims history to make one single change. And so if we think about it, the short-term rental space isn't even close to 10 years old at this point. Maybe maybe uh, Airbnb and VRBR are getting, getting pretty close to it now. And so because of that, nobody's gotten comfortable. And I've always found that to be a little strange because they've, they've gotten comfortable with student housing, right? You've got 19 and 20-year-olds throwing themselves through drywall. They're okay with that because they've got, a, you know, they've got decades worth of data for how many 18 to 20-year-olds throw themselves through drywall, right? But they have not gotten to a place where they're really comfortable in that. And so I think that's a mistake. OB will cover short-term rentals depending on the state, again, depending on, on the type of property. Some people have these beautiful, beautiful multi-million dollar properties that are a little out of our our, our comfort zone for the short-term rental space. We, we will cover those. I think it's actually really good risk. I think it's a miss for the larger insurance carrier market. Because if you think about it, most of these folks have pretty high occupancy. You've got a cleaning person that comes through there pretty frequently. You've got a maintenance person and even you know we my brother and I own a you know a short term rental in the event that there's a maintenance issue i'm not going to risk losing out on my booking right i'm going to make sure that i get that fixed immediately 
And so as a landlord, right, I want to make sure that, that I'm doing right by those, those guests and those hosts that are the, the, the guests that I'm having in the property. And so I think it's actually really good, uh, really good risk when it's priced appropriately. So that is something that, that OB prides ourselves on as being one of the few carriers that, that does cover that. I'm glad I asked that question. So Aaron, are there other questions uh, that, I, that I haven't asked that, uh, that I should have? No, no, I think I think we covered it. Again, I mean the you know, the biggest thing I would tell your listeners is is find an expert in the space, make sure you're properly covered and and take active steps to make sure that you're decreasing claims. Those are the big three takeaways that I you know that I can leave your listeners with. Okay, great. Good wisdom, good advice. So Aaron, let me let me just say thank you for joining us this morning. Uh we've this is the Legacy Leaders podcast. Our guest today has been Aaron Ledzeiser. Aaron is the co founder and CEO of Obi a venture-backed insurance and risk management te- technology platform serving, if, if I get this right, Aaron, 17 million real estate investors now in the U.S.? There's 17 million total in the U.S. We're not up to that total number yet, but that, that is the total number of real estate investors uh, in the country, and we're, we're working hard to, uh, to get every last one of them. Yeah, terrific. So, uh, so if, if, you're, uh, if you're interested in learning more about Aaron, uh, I guess, Aaron, the best way to find out more about you is to go to your website. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So obinsurance.com, O-B spelled O-B-I-E. Or your, your listeners are welcome to, to email me as well as I can, you know, I can help uh, point folks in the right direction. And that's Aaron, A-A-R-O-N at obinsurance.com. Aaron at obinsurance.com. Terrific. We're going to actually, uh, we'll also post uh, post all that in the show notes too. So uh, Aaron, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot to, for for being being with us today. This has been, actually been, for me, I'll just tell you honestly, this has been really really insightful, and uh, I'm I'm glad glad we had this time. Thanks, Dan. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.